Welcome to the Help Club for Moms podcast. Each week we offer biblical encouragement and practical ideas to help you know the love of Jesus Christ more deeply and become the woman, wife, and mother you were created to be. We're so glad you're here. It's going to be a great day. Hey, everybody. Um, I'm so excited that you've joined me. Um, If I haven't had the pleasure of meeting you, my name is Brad Baker. I'm one of the pastors at New Life, and uh, I'm just excited. Deb uh, asked me to jump in the mix here on Tuesday and talk about uh, Jesus and sort of his journey uh, during Holy Week, which is just incredible, so full of insights. We're going to get to that in a minute, but first things first, thank you for those of you who are jumping in. I see the numbers clicking up. Um, First thing for you first, a couple ground rules. As you jump in the chat, please let me know that you're here. Um, Just a quick hey, I would love to uh, just acknowledge you. Um, Also, um, we're going to go into a question here in a minute, and uh, I would love some interaction. It's it's a pretty thought-provoking question, Um, but I'm an interactive guy, so uh, sitting here on Facebook Live without people in front of me uh, as a pastor is very uh, different. Um, So I would love any comments, any questions that you have. Um, But first, a little bit uh, about me. Hey, Jaya, good morning to you. Uh, Crystal, hey, what's up? Um, Crystal's son and my son um, went to um, preschool together and go to TCA Central together. So cool to see some familiar um, faces. Good morning, good morning. Um, I, I want to share a little bit about me, if that's okay, before we get started. So um, I've been married to my amazing wife, Carrie Baker, um, for almost 19 years, and she uh, is a nurse at Children's Hospital. So I hope you get to meet her, but not in Children's Hospital. I, when people first meet Carrie, hey, Ashley, hey, Sarah, welcome. Um, when people get to meet my wife for the first time, I often say, I hope it's not at Children's Hospital, because that means one of your sweet babies Um, got sick. Um, But if you do have a sick kid, um, pray that you get my wife as your nurse because she's like the Jedi master of uh, pediatric medicine. um, And she loves, they call her the child whisperer at work because she's so good um, with kids. Anyway, I love my wife, uh, 19 years. And then I have four kids, uh, 7, 11, 13, and 15. My oldest, uh, Olivia, Two things about Olivia, uh, you guys, most of you know Rachel Jones. Uh, she babysits for Rachel and Hugh and loves loves you guys. I don't know if you're watching yet, but hi, Elizabeth. Um, and um, the second thing is she's just a little bit, a few days away from getting her license. So it's crazy when you, when you see your baby grow up and be behind the wheel, but she's so responsible. Hi, Rachel. I just was bragging on you. Olivia loves you. Um, loves watching your babies, um, but she's getting ready to, to be behind the wheel by herself, which is very anxiety-provoking for me as a dad, but she's so responsible. She's the two-in-ten driver, um, and so uh, she's constantly correcting me on uh, my driving tips, but uh, I love being a dad, and uh, it's one of the joys, great joys of my life, um, and, and also, I'm a pastor here at New Life, so we've been here about six years. It'll be six years in July. And um, man, I love our church. And whether you're a part of New Life or not, uh, being a part of a local church family is such a huge part of uh, what Jesus desires for us. In fact, when he said, um, I've come to give you life and life to the full, a big part of it was was the family, the spiritual family called the church. And so 
Um, before we jump in, I just want to encourage you ladies that um, your work as moms is just massive. Um, hi, Mary Jo. Welcome. Um, I have so much respect for mothers. Uh, what you do uh, is so much behind the scenes and is the hidden work of mothering that really makes the world go around. Um, and, and I think about how my mom, who I lost five years ago to cancer, uh, impacted my life. And hi, Laura, welcome. Um, how she impacted my life. And it just, it, 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 it amazed me. I, I think I appreciated uh, my mom uh, a ton before she passed and lost her battle, nine month battle with cancer. But having lost her and looking back, I'm like, oh my gosh. I remember when I was 17, hi Anna, welcome. Um, when I was 17, uh, my mom pulled me aside. Hi Nancy, welcome. Um, she said, Brad, you have to know um, that I prayed Psalm 1 over you every day of your life. And I just remember sitting there at the kitchen counter weeping with her thinking, I'd just gone through this massive spiritual transformation in my life as a teenager, uh, kind of leaving some of my rebellious ways. And I thought, my mom has been praying for me for 17 years, this scripture in Psalm 1. And I went back and read it, and I was very familiar with Psalm 1, but I just wept as I read the scripture thinking, every morning my mom got up and prayed for me. And so I just wanna encourage you moms, you. I, one thing I know about moms is that they're really hard on themselves. You guys are incredible. You do so much. And I would just encourage you, if you're feeling discouraged as a mom, just press into your prayer life. Hi, Susan. Welcome. Um, press into just praying for your kids. If you can do nothing else for your kids because you're in a hard season, <clears throat> spend time talking to God about them. It will change them. I feel like I'm a product of a mom who prayed faithfully and <clears throat> but more than that, I just want to thank you, moms, for, for all that you do that no one ever sees, that no one will ever know about. The endless dishes and, and all the homemaking and those of you who, who uh, also work outside of the home, oh my gosh, that's, I have so much respect for my wife um, for that. Um, but I want to really get things rolling here this morning and first ask you, is it okay if I ask you guys a question? Um, <clears throat> my, own, um, my own journey with my mom, but I wanted to ask you, what are a few things that you want your children to say about you as a mom at your memorial? I know it's kind of a weighty question because you're thinking about when your days on earth have finished, but what would you want your kids to say about you? <clears throat> what are a few things that come to, to your mind? So if you don't mind, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, scrolling through some chat here. Thank you, um, Ashley, for chiming in, and Susan, and Deb. Deb's watching, hi, Deb. Um, <clears throat> what, are, what are a few things that you would want your kids, if they were getting up to eulogize you, um, what would you want them to say about you? What would you say, my mom was like this? So <clears throat> as we jump into the content, I want you to think about that question and chime in whenever you, you think of something. <clears throat> My voice is a little shoddy this morning. I'm not, I think it's the springtime allergies. Um, but I'd like to pray uh, now and just invite the Holy Spirit into this time <clears throat> that he would speak to our hearts, that he would do whatever he wants. Um, you know, sometimes a moment with the Lord can change everything. And that's what I'm praying for us today, that, that more than just, oh, I'm Facebook Live, this is great, listening to Pastor Brad, whatever, that the Holy Spirit would, would touch our hearts and speak to us. So let's pray. God, we um, acknowledge your goodness. We breathe you.
knowing that we are now the temple of the Holy Spirit, that we are the residents. We are the holy place that you've chosen us to place your spirit in. So I thank you for this time. And I pray for all the moms watching and and children are watching as well, that you would just bless them today, Lord, that you would fill them with your spirit, that you would encourage them, that you would speak to them. I pray that as we go through what you faced on Tuesday, Jesus, that you would show us more about your heart and reveal to us the wonder that is you, Jesus. So we invite you into this space in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. All right, we got our first response to the question. Um, Deb said uh, she wants her kids to say at her memorial that, that she lived by faith for Jesus, that she believed God to do great things. I love that. And it goes on here. I'm, I'm clicking on the comment. Great things in my life and theirs. So I, I love that. Deb, something that's in Deb's heart is to say, at that end, I want them to say that my life pointed to God. That, that I lived this great life. And um, I think so much of the time we are working to make sure our kids know that we love them, which is good, to know that we'll do anything for them, we'll serve them, which is all great. But I, I think Deb hits it, hits it on, on the mark to say, at the end of my days as a dad, I want my kids to say, you know what, my dad showed me what walking with Jesus could look like. Through all of his scars and imperfections and stumblings, he, he, he taught us what it meant. Um, to, to, to follow Christ. And I love that. Um, yeah, yeah, seriously, Crystal says that it brings her to tears thinking about this question. <laughs> no doubt. It's a heavy one. Um, they, she said that she wants her children to say, um, Crystal says that they, they learned how to pray from listening to her pray uh, and that their faith was built in seeing how I lived. Wow. Oh, I love that. Yeah, again, an example of, of what it means to follow Jesus um, yeah, first, JS says first that they knew that I lived my life for Jesus, that I want them to say that they always knew I loved them. I love it. And always made me feel accepted and treasured and treated others with love and respect and represented Jesus well. Isn't that, that is so beautiful. I love, I, we could just, we could screenshot all these because they're so good. We want our lives to be a reflection of Jesus. Um, as much as I want my kids to, to, to think of me as a good dad or whatever, and to know that I love them, like I want them to see Christ in me. I want them to go, my dad's imperfect, but I have a heavenly father, right, that loves me. Um, I love, Mary Jo says that I love them unconditionally like Jesus, again, pointing to him. Um, I love that. Rachel, I want my kids to know that I use my gifts and talents for his kingdom. Yeah, that you, that, I love that, Rachel, that you just didn't go, okay, my life's awesome and, and our, life, our life as a family is great, but that we looked outward, that, that we saw mom and dad live for Christ and, and lay their life down um, for him. I love that. So good. Well, we, we can have a, a Facebook Live with just these comments. You guys are so uh, insightful and, and it is an emotional question to answer because it really um, puts you at that moment to say, okay, and how, how I'm living now, will it end in my kids saying, yeah, the one thing about my mom is that she prayed for me. She loved Jesus. She pointed me to Jesus. She loved me unconditionally like Jesus. She lived for Christ. I love it. You ladies are incredible. So um, I'd love to jump into the content, if that's okay um, with you guys. Jesus, uh, Holy Week, is on quite the journey, obviously. Uh, but I want to highlight uh, this little uh, book here that I'm going to show here in a minute. This is a great uh, resource for you moms, especially with your kids or just for you personally. Um, 
This, this will take you through some of the context of the New Testament, um, maps and charts, and really helps you zoom out and see the big picture. I'm going to refer to this book here in a minute, but I think Deb's going to post that um, up on the feed as well. So one of the things you need to know about Tuesday is it takes up more space in Scripture than any other day in Holy Week. So it takes up almost three chapters of the Bible, 115 verses. Um, Thursday and Friday come in second in terms of how much uh, biblical landscape they take up uh, during Holy Week with only 60 and 47 verses respectively. So Tuesday, a lot goes down on Tuesday. If you've ever had one of those days <clears throat> where you get to the end of your day and you just sort of collapse in your bed and you think, I don't know how I crammed all that into one day. This is Tuesday of Holy Week for Jesus. There is so much going on. So I want to kind of refresh us with using the Rose Book of Bible Charts and Maps and Timelines. That's a mouthful. Um, but this uh, picture here is pretty fantastic um, because this is Jerusalem over here. And this is Bethany down here. And this is the road that Jesus would have walked um, as you know, uh, the first day of Holy Week, Jesus cleared the temple. So right up here on the Temple Mount, the outer courts, the inner courts. And then he goes back down to Bethany. And so he makes several trips back and forth during Holy Week where the fig tree incident occurs, where he curses the fig tree. Um, and on Tuesday, um, he comes up in from Bethany into the temple and he comes... Um, not to the Holy of Holies or the women's court or any of the inner part of the temple, but he actually comes and he's in more of the outer courts, what's called the porticos. So you can see this is the another image of the temple. This would be considered like the inner temple, the inner courts. The Holy of Holies is right up in here. This is the outer courts. And this is where almost all of Tuesday takes place for Jesus. His encounters with the religious leaders all take place in the outer courts. And so Jesus was challenged all of Tuesday. He was put through the gauntlet. I'm serious. It, it, was, it was crazy. Isn't it ironic that as Jesus travels up to the city where he will lay his life down for the sins of humanity, that he encounters so many of the sins of humanity through the persecution he faces? It's like he sees why he's dying as he travels into Jerusalem. He sees corrupt leaders. He sees an unfaithful uh, country. He sees an uh, unfaithful nation. He sees an oppressive government. On and on and on and on. He, he sees why he's having to die because humanity has gone terribly, terribly wrong on this. So I want to jump into our passage. And there's just so much content over three chapters that there's impossible to go through it all. Um, so I want to zero in on one particular passage on Mark chapter 12, starting in verse 13. Picks up this great story. I'm going to read part of it and then pause and make some comments and then read on. So later, the leaders sent some Pharisees and supporters of Herod to trap Jesus. Remember that, trap Jesus, into saying something for which he could be arrested. So their goal right there is they're trying to arrest Jesus. They're trying to get grounds to get Jesus out of this place of influence because he's threatening them. So the religious leaders, right, when he cleared the temple court, that was a corrupt system to take money from poor people, essentially, that were coming to worship God. And they don't like that. 
They think this Jesus guy, he's going to ruin our lives. And so they're trying to, to, to get with him. The Romans didn't like him because they thought maybe he would provoke an uprising that would overflow the, overthrow the Roman Empire. So there's two groups of people that really don't like Jesus, the religious leaders and the Romans. And so he's walking into a very hostile environment. So let's read on. So remember, they're trying to arrest Jesus. Teacher, they said, we know how honest you are. You are impartial and don't play favorites. You teach the way of God truthfully. Now tell us. So in other words, you're the honest man. You teach the truth. So now tell us, figure this riddle out. So they're kind of patronizing him. Now tell us, is it right to pay taxes to Caesar or not? Should we pay them or shouldn't we? Jesus saw through their hypocrisy and said, why are you trying to trap me? Jesus knew exactly what they were doing. So you might say, hold on a second, what's the big deal about taxes? Why is this, why would this trap Jesus? Well, taxes were a big deal in first century Judaism because of the Roman oppression that was there uh, in Jerusalem. And essentially, um, the Romans said, okay, not, not only are we gonna come oppress you, but we're gonna charge you crazy amount of taxes and oh, by the way, on our coins is the picture of the current emperor, Caesar, and on that coin will be his image, and it usually says something like, here is the great you know, Caesar, um, that is the god of the whole earth. Nero's coin, which isn't the coin we're referring to, said, Nero, lord of the whole earth. So for a Jew to, to pay a tax and to pay a tribute to Rome was in some ways in their heart saying, well, maybe, am I saying, Am I complicit with the Romans in saying Caesar is God? That didn't sit so well with the Jews. And so they're trying to trap Jesus here because if the people turn against him, the people will turn against him if he says, yeah, just pay your taxes to Caesar. Because they're like, whoa, that's paying homage to a false god. But if he says, no, don't pay taxes, the Romans are going to be like, what? You're, prom you're promoting an, an uprising against us, and they are going to turn against him. So Jesus is in a tricky spot, but you, you will know that Jesus' wisdom is so far beyond um, anything we could ever imagine. So listen to his response, and we're going to talk about why it's so brilliant. So he says, show me the coin, and I'll tell you. So he says, bring me the coin. And I'll actually show you the exact coin that they brought to Jesus. Tiberius was the emperor at the time. And this right here, the one that circled, is that coin that they brought to him. You can see there's a long list of emperors that um, were paid homage to via the coin. On Tiberius's coin, the coin they actually handed Jesus, it said... Caesar Augustus, son of the divine Augustus. So they're essentially saying there's this lineage of gods that had become Caesars, and now Tiberius is the god of the age. Whoa, crazy. So he says, bring that coin to me. And he holds it, and he says, when they handed it to him, he said, whose picture and title are stamped on this coin? Well, Everybody knew it was Tiberius, and everyone knew that it said, Caesar Augustus Tiberius, son of the divine Augustus, right? And then he said, well, then Jesus said, give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar, and give to God what belongs to God. 
His reply completely amazed them. I love, I love that response. You know you've heard Jesus and you understand Jesus when part of what you say out of your heart is, I'm completely amazed. I've just heard this insight and it blew my mind. So, but for us, we kind of go, what was so special about that response? Well, it was brilliant because he's essentially saying, you may owe Caesar a coin in terms of he made it, but give to God what is God's. Well, they would have known what's made in the image of God. We are. We are. So he's saying, you may give Caesar the coin, this, this, little, this little piece of whatever, but you're due, what you owe to me is everything. It makes me think of Romans 12. Offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. So in one fell swoop, Jesus simultaneously says, Caesar, you're not God. Yeah, the people will pay you taxes, but you're not God. I'm God, and what people owe me is everything, every part of their life. And undoubtedly, these very learned Jewish scholars and leaders, there were scribes there, there were priests there, there were elders there, and then there were just ordinary Hebrews, but they all knew the scriptures, would have recalled to mind when Jesus said, give to God what is God, they would have recalled to mind several verses. The first one is in Psalms 24. It says, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. The Lord and all its people belong to him. So give to God what belongs to God. Everything belongs to God, Caesar, sorry. And then they were also known Leviticus 25, which it says, the land must never be sold on a permanent basis. For the land belongs to me, says the Lord. You are only foreigners and tenants, farmers working for me. That's Leviticus 25 through 23. So they would have instantly recalled to mind um, these scriptures when Jesus said, give to God what belongs to God. So the question for us is, how much of us belongs to him? You know, we spend a lot of time talking about, okay, how much of God do we have? Come Holy Spirit, which is a great prayer. We should always pray that. But I think something we should also ask is, how much of me have I given over to God? Because um, he's already placed his ownership upon us. He's already said, you are my son, you are my daughter. And our choice is, are we going to live like we belong to God and that we owe him everything? You know, this gets challenged over and over again in our life, doesn't it? Are we going to offer ourselves to God? You know, Eugene Peterson in the message translation of Romans 12, Romans 12 says it so beautifully. He says, offer your ordinary life. You're, you're getting up, you're eating, you're talking. Offer that as unto God. This is your spiritual act of worship. And, and moms, I think this is so important for you as uh, some of you are stay-at-home moms, not all of you, but just whatever your activity is throughout the day, getting into the practice of saying, Jesus, what do I owe you? Yeah, I have to pay taxes and do some of the things out of obligation, but I'm offering my whole heart to you. I wanna live a life of worship. And that takes us into this place of communion with God. This place where we say, 
God, everything belongs to you. And we start to surrender up the things in our life that we might want to hold control over um, or we might be fearful of that we just say, God, I'm going to turn all of this over to you. Um, I am just, a, I, I, like, I like this principle actually that Leviticus 25 brings up where it says, you are only foreigners and tenants, farmer, tenant farmers working for me. In other words, this idea of stewardship. Um, and I think that's really important as we think about our children, that although God gives them to us to help raise and nurture in the fear and admonition of the Lord, we are actually called to surrender them back to him and to offer him. Like what's due to God? Caesar gets the coin, but God gets everything about me, including my kids. And I think it's so, so tricky sometimes for us as parents because we want to control every little part of our kids' lives and, and make sure we're there. And, and yes, there are times where we're really involved in, in our kids' lives in a pretty assertive way. But eventually the posture of our heart needs to be, God, I'm going to do everything I can to farm the soil of my children's heart. But they're ultimately yours, God. You're their spiritual father. You're their spiritual parent. So that's why I go back to that question at the beginning. What do you want your kids to say about you at your memorial, right? I loved it because it was a place of surrender of you saying, I want them to say that I pointed them to Christ. I want them to say that I provoked them to abandonment to Jesus. And so many of you alluded to that. I think that's just so uh, beautiful that, that we're saying, God, if I want there to be anything said of me at the end of my days, it is that everything that I was and that I said and that I did uh, was yours, that, that, I, that, I, that I cast everything that I am onto you, um, that I, I pushed all in on that. It's a beautiful, beautiful idea. So don't you love the wisdom of Jesus in how he escapes this trap? It's so good because he's like, yeah, Caesar, you get, the, you get this coin because you made it, it's in your image, but I get the world, I get my people. You are not God, you're a mere earthly leader, which we do need to show a measure of respect to, probably pay our taxes, although that's not the point of the scripture. It's Jesus saying, it's me, I am God, and I am God alone, and you are to live a life of worship and abandoned today. And so I just wanna encourage you, um, as we get ready to take some prayer requests, um, that today, that you would spend your day offering yourself to Jesus again and saying, God, I know that I made a decision for you X amount of months or years ago, but today again, I surrender my life, my finances, my marriage, my children, my future to you. Jesus, take me and do whatever it is that you wanna do in me. So um, I would love to hear. Um, thank you, by the way, for the encouragement. You, you ladies are so sweet uh, for including the scriptures. Uh, Jaya, dropping those in, that's awesome of you. I appreciate you uh, putting those scriptures in. Um, so I, I would also uh, just love to hear, do any of you need uh, prayer for anything specific this morning? I would love to. As I, as I wrap up here, um, just to go before the Lord. Hi, Mandy, welcome, um, um, and, and to pray over them. So Rachel says her girls say hi. Oh, that's so, hi, You're, you have such a beautiful family. Uh, you and Hugh are just awesome people. Um, yeah, I would love to pray specifically for you by name. You could even just put, I would love your prayers, Brad, and, and I will mention you um, And in, in, a, in a closing prayer. Um, 
But again, I just want to point out uh, the resources. I think Deb may have already posted them. But this is a book that if you're keen on understanding the New Testament in its context, like some of these insights about the coin and what, what it meant, like this is the kind of stuff that is going to be in this book. The New Testament in Antiquity, um, it's a thicker book, but what I love about it is it's got just a boatload of pictures um, in it. So often when my kids have a question, I'll answer it and then say, well, let me show you a picture of, you know, the Temple Mount and um, or where Jesus walked or what the Dead Sea looks like or Jordan Valley or, you know, on and on and on. It's just a fantastic resource. Um, I would say this is kind of a uh, entry level college book, um, maybe sort of a New Testament survey. Um, but I, I love it. I go back and it's uh, it's both got um uh, really good insights for people that feel like, oh, I'm, I'm sort of new to understanding the Bible. And for people that have been studying the Bible forever, there's also some really cool nuggets in here um, that, I, that I glean from. So, um, all right, Anna, you said you would like some prayers um, coming your way soon. Uh, Ashley, um, to be humbled in this season and see what God wants me to see in this season. Absolutely. I would love to pray for you, Anna, and for you, Ashley. And um, if, as I pray for you, ladies, I'm just, if it's, if it's okay, I'm just gonna keep my eyes open or I'm gonna glance up off and on just to make sure there aren't new requests that, that come in along the way. Um, but let's go to God. Um, Jay, I see your request uh, that you listen to God in this next season, absolutely. Um, well, let's go to God in prayer and then I might glance up occasionally as I'm praying just to check in on the comments. Um, Father, we think about your journey during Holy Week and um, it's amazing, Savior, that you were able to navigate all of that so perfectly with you being thrust into Jerusalem that was swelling with people, so many of them that were hostile to you, and yet you were at peace, and yet you were full of wisdom. Will you make us more like that, God, when we're being unfairly attacked or we're under pressure? Will you give us peace? Will you give us wisdom? God, I pray for Anna right now as she's asked for prayer. Lord, you know what's going on in her life. You know the desires of her heart. God, I pray that you would encourage her today, strengthen her today. Give her eyes to see her situation the way you do, Father. I thank you for Ashley, Lord. I pray that you would keep her uh, humble before you, that she wouldn't run ahead of you or wouldn't fall behind but that she would be humbly found in your presence, God. Just communing with you, being with you, and that you as a result, God, would just show her things. God, only you can reveal the things that we need to see in our life. So I pray that for Ashley, that she would see um, the things that you wanna show her, the things that you wanna teach her, Lord. Um, God, I thank you for Jaya and uh, just what she's contributed to the live stream today. And um, God, she wants to be able to hear you in this season and be led by you. Father, I thank you that you are the good shepherd and that we can hear your voice. Sometimes it's a whisper, sometimes it's a text from a friend, sometimes it's looking up at Pike's Peak, sometimes it's a whisper in our heart as we open your scripture, but I pray, Jaya, that you would hear the Lord this, in this season of your life. Oh, and Jay, I also wanna pray for you as you're um, on the anniversary of your son's passing, your son, Ryan. God, would you comfort Jaya? Would you be that warm blanket on a cold day for her? 
knowing what it's like to lose a loved one, Lord, I, I know the sting of that pain. I pray that she wouldn't run from that pain, but that she would bring that pain to you and that she would be honest about it. Help her to grieve in, in a new way, Jesus. And Deb, I see your request coming in that you will just go deep in this season and learn all the things that you want to see or that Jesus wants to show you um, that he did. Lord, I pray for Deb and for all of us that as we journey through Holy Week, God, that you would show us the things that you want to show us, Lord. God, that you would keep our eyes fixed on you, Jesus, and that the busyness would not cloud our vision, Jesus. That we would pause. God, that maybe externally we're running 100 miles an hour, but internally we're calm and we're seeing you, we're sensing you. We're being drawn into that place of intimacy with you. Thank you, Lord. So I'm just gonna pray a blessing over you. Father, I just thank you for this time. And right now, ladies watching on um, Facebook Live, I bless you. May you taste and see today and this week that the Lord is good, that he is your savior, that he is the loving king, that he is the all-knowing king, that he sees you and knows you. May you walk closely with him this week. I bless you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Uh, amen. I've so enjoyed hanging out with you guys and thanks uh, for tuning in and for all your comments and prayer requests. Uh, I love what God is doing. I love uh, Deb, your leadership in this group is, is just uh, fantastic. I want to encourage you uh, just to continue to loop more and more women in our area into this. Um, and, and that's awesome. Kendra, thanks for chiming in. Um, there are blessings on you guys. Have a great week.